Get out of the fucking car. You shut the fuck up. What's wrong with you? Who the hell you think you is, huh? Give me that shit. And get the fuck out of here. What? So you gonna raise my son now? Huh? You gonna raise my son? Yeah, that's what I thought. You gonna raise him? You gonna keep selling me rocks? Huh? Motherfucker. And don't give me that you gotta get it from somewhere shit, nigga. I'm getting it from you. But you gonna raise my son though, right? Hmm? <laughs> you ever see the way he walk, Juan? You watch your damn mouth. You gonna tell him why the other boys kick his ass all the time? Huh? You gonna tell him? You ain't shit. Come on, let's go. Nice. Uh, that was cute. <laughs> that was, yeah, and, uh, you know, as we know, Moonlight was highly celebrated in Hollywood and the community, um, telling the story of the highs and lows of a gay black man's experience. Um, I thought this scene, as well as, I mean, really the whole movie, um, I loved it. I thought it was beautifully written and directed. So, shout out to Barry Jenkins. Shout out. Yeah. Yeah. Cute. Was that like one of your favorite scenes or was there another scene? It was actually? one of the ones that was hard for me to watch. It was a little emotional. Yeah, yeah. That and when she was like screaming at him. In the hallway. In the hallway. Yeah. I like my heart was too much that when Chiron was didn't get stood up for like by his friend, like his friend didn't stand up for him instead of he like beat his he ass. He got beat up. The, yeah. Like there were many hard parts of the, the film, but it was so beautiful and I watched it twice. So clearly I'm in love with it. And I feel like I remember him kind of like at some point accepting it. He realized that yeah. his friend wasn't going to stand up for him. Right. And he's like, I'm going to take this like a man, but even though y'all think that I'm not him. a man. Oh, uh, yeah. It's too much. <clears throat> I cannot. Yeah. Thank I you, Barry Jenkins. Hi. <laughs> I, <cannot. laughs> I really could not. My bad, I just caught that. <laughs> hey, what's up? Hi. <laughs> hey, guys. Welcome to the Hung Up Podcast. Yes, another episode of the Hung Up Podcast where you might not be shit or you going to raise them. You might raise them. Or you oh. might be selling them rocks. Oh my well, gosh, wait, or don't taking them. Actually, well, wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> you might be doing all the stuff. You might be smoking the rocks, selling the rocks, but we'll never hang up on you. We might call the police on you because, right. you know, you got to find a better way. Or we might put you into a rehab, but we won't hang up on you. And shout out to all the daddies who are raising sons. Yes, single fathers. So you're going to raise my son now? If you need help raising. you you, you going to raise? Call me. She she did that part very well. What was her name? Huh? Do, you, do we remember? We actually her name? don't know her. Wait, wow. Oh, wait, are you sure? We're gonna have to do we some fact checking. We knew Juan. We knew Sharon. Do we know? We just knew Mom. Mama. Yeah, I can't. Wow. Yeah, I can't think of her name. Was her name? But said she did in the amazing. Movie? I'm sorry. Was her name said in the movie? Or was she just called Mama? Like her character's her? name? You mean? Yeah. It honestly. Yeah, I think I, I want to say, and I could be wrong, that her name was Diane. I could be wrong. I could be wrong. Oh, were you acting, asking for that? In the movie, her name, name Diane. Were huh? you acting for, were you, excuse me, I cannot talk. Asking for her real name. Oh, yeah. Naomi something. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. Well, shout out to Naomi. Shout out to Naomi. It's a beautiful name. 
<laughs> well, welcome again, guys, to another episode of the Hung Up Podcast. I'm P. Ryan. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at I am P. R. Y. A. N. P. Ryan. Um, yeah. I'm Eric. You can find me on Instagram and on Twitter at E. Dante Cole. That's E. D. A. N. T. C. O. C. O. L. E. L. E. And you can find us both at Hung Up Pod on Instagram and Twitter. That's H-U-N-G-U-P-P-O-D. And on Facebook.com slash Hung Up Pod. Feel free to email us. Our emails are kind of dry. At HungUpPod at gmail.com. You just putting this out there. Yeah, might as well. Kind of like, how I did with that tweet, huh? Which one? Oh, oh my goodness. So, <laughs> let me tell y'all about Eric. Okay? Eric decided to tweet. So, every week, you know, after we have an episode, we tweet about what the episode is and, you know, try to get more people to listen. Eric goes, what did he say? He was just like, we're tweeting and giving this advice about relationships. We're talking about relationships. Meanwhile. Meanwhile, we're not in any. And I was just like, don't put me out on first Meanwhile, we're single. <laughs> With the smiley face that's upside down. Oh I my goodness, I felt that. so salty. I, I was just like, I oh my gosh, that. like I'm not in one for real, for real. But I, I thought it was funny. Of course, like there are lots of single folks who can dish relationship stuff because you know we've experienced different relationships in our lives, not just intimate ones, right? So um, thank you all for listening. Absolutely. And before we pass over this intro, please don't forget to rate and review us um, on Apple Podcasts. We definitely saw an extra comment or two and an extra rate, and we really appreciate it um, on Google Play and on SoundCloud. Engage with us, because we'll definitely engage <coughs> with you. For sure. Yeah. <laughs> so, Boo Boo, what's going on with you? Well, it's been a great week. Uh, first, um, before I get started, I just want to send my condolences to the family uh, families of the four young men who did you hear about them they went missing like last week or yes. maybe it was the week before yes. I think it was last week I'll tell you a story off air but definitely I know what you're talking about and it was just kind of like eerie when I saw the news um, come up and they were talking about this I'm like wow these four young guys right mm-hmm. um, right outside of Philly and just today I think uh, the news reported that they found the bodies. Wow. And um, I remember being back home. This is, I was in Maryland mm-hmm. um, earlier today, and I was with my dad watching this, and we were just kind of, like, stunned. And it's just sad. The, the families, the devastation um, where you, 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 know, you get that phone call. I remember when my little brother passed. Uh, he died in a motorcycle accident, and that was devastating enough. <laughs> I can't imagine finding out that this, you know, someone did, and apparently his name was, Cosmo DiNardo, 20 years old. Um, and he's it reported online that so far he's just admitted to participating um, in the murders of the four young men. They were apparently buried like 12 feet deep. So when I heard that, I was like, all right, it was definitely more than one person involved in this. Wow, and yeah. clearly with his statement, it, that, that proves that. So horrific situation. And I just want to send my prayers to the families. Um, as you know, <laughs> I have no cable, no internet right now. Um, Comcast and Verizon ain't shit right now because they're acting like I don't exist. They're basically one from Moonlight. One. <laughs> <laughs> they ain't shit. They ain't shit. Motherfucker. They gonna raise your sons? They gonna plug in your internet? They playing around, so I really should be hanging up on them later, but I'm not. Um, this is like a hang up, a pre-hang up, I guess. Um 
But anyway, my point is that I've been, I pulled out this box of DVDs that I had, old DVDs, had to dust some of that shit off. Yes. I've been watching all types of stuff, bringing down the house. Yes, I saw you tweet about that at, on Twitter at E. Dante Cole. And I was just like, <laughs> yes. you tweeted about Miss Iron For the plug. And I was just like, that is that movie. Don't you love it? I love Queen Latifah is everything to me. She really is. Um, and she is still a queen. <laughs> <laughs> In that scene where they were having dinner and she was acting like she was the maid. Oh, and, my goodness. The, um, she and they was had to sing that song. The food. Oh, my God. Oh. Hilarious. Wait, is Massa going to sell us tonight? I don't right. even know how it goes. Oh, oh my, my God. God. And, then they got, and then they got her high. And, 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 I, and I tweeted that scene. That shit was hilarious. <laughs> um, original Sin. I don't know if it, you know a lot of people are familiar with that. Um, Angelina Jolie. Antonio Banderas. It's, I think it's an early 2000s movie, very old. Yes. Um, that's a kind of like red wine and candle kind of movie. What Lies Beneath. Do you remember that? Um, With Michelle beneath. Pfeiffer, I think. Was that like a horror movie? Kind of, sort of. It was mm-hmm. supposed to be. I don't watch those. Where but I know what you're talking that about. That man mm-hmm. raped no, and killed nope. some little girl. No, thank you. And her whole ghost came back. Absolutely that was the, That was literally what the movie I was about. Her whole ghost came back Mm-mm. and terrorized shit. Mm-mm. So, um, Feast of All Saints, have you ever heard of that? No, what is that? It's a really cool movie. Um, I saw it once. And for the life of me... It kind of like slips my mind what the movie was about. It takes place like way back in the day. When I say back in the day, I mean probably like the early 1900s, I think, in the South. And it's centered around like, of course, there's slavery that exists, and then like black people, but the black people who were kind of like on the up and up back then, and like what their lives were about. And I think one of the main characters, um, he's gay or. Something happens. Like, all I remember, what's that good quote? People will not remember what you say or what you do, but they will remember how you made them feel. I remember just feeling like, wow, this is a great movie. So I dug it out and I tried to watch it, but it didn't work. Mm. So it's actually a two part disc. I'm going to try to find that on Amazon. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> um, and, you know, besides that, I went to Maryland at, you know, like I said, I just got back today. Went to my aunt's funeral. Um, may she rest in peace, Auntie Petey. And, you know, the funeral was great. It was a great service. It was really nice to see lots of family. It, it's so unfortunate that that's when we see a lot of our family. Yeah. Funerals is like, what brings people together. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. And so I think it's a remind. They always serve as a reminder to, I don't make these relationships count. And, like, always check in with people because you never know one when the moment's going to be the last and it shouldn't be that funerals are the things that bring everyone together yeah ironically that was what the sermon was kind of about oh. um it was a catholic service okay. um my aunt was catholic um just like my dad is and um he was it was it was, it was great it was just nice i just remember feeling somewhat disconnected mm. because i saw so many people that I haven't seen in so long. I, you know, I left home at such a young age. And I think because of that, I didn't have time to work on my relationships with my family because my father kept me so sheltered when I was growing up. And it just really had me thinking um, about my family history, where a lot of people came from. I was reading the 
uh, obituary in the program and thinking, wow, so learning about so much about my aunt, who I was close with, mm-hmm. my dad's sister, uh, and learning so much about her in the obituary and thinking, why well, I gotta learn about it now? Mm-hmm. And, you know, I decided a long time ago that I would change that. So what I've been doing is just really just asking questions. Who is that? Whose daughter is that? What's her name? You know, whose baby is this? Like, just asking questions, yeah. talking with people, meeting people, asking them if they remember me. And honestly, it's kind of a therapeutic yeah. experience. So I appreciated that. That's awesome. I'm really happy for you just taking steps to get back into your family. I know a lot of times um, when we're hurt, by those we love, like, mm-hmm. we automatically just, like, shut them out. And I think, you know, this the space that you had where you did separate, it was a space that you needed to heal and kind of get to know yourself more. But I'm glad that you're now in a phase where you're ready to just, like, not really come back, but just, you know, get to know where you come from and get to know the people, you know, in your, in your family. That's dope. I think that's such an important process in the self-actualization process yeah 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 knowing your roots and where you came from i think it just builds self-confidence and Mm -hmm. it makes you feel good and it makes you feel strong that's amazing yeah now i remember you said you were raised baptist or were you raised catholic my mom oh okay so it was like i spent some days in the catholic experience baptist experience absolutely wow that's that's so i got i got both worlds literally growing up that's awesome and so coming out, my father, I thought my father was going to be like really upset mm. and my mom would be more accepting, but it was kind of the other it's way like, around. Wow, okay. So, and it's kind of weird because until this day, my dad is, you know, we don't really talk about it a lot, mm. but. Does he want to know who you're dating? He remembers particular people in my life mm. and he really, you know, like my ex. Mm-hmm. He really liked him. Wow. And to oh this goodness. day, he my still asks like about him. <laughs> I'm freaking out. And to this day, he still asks about him. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Wow. Yep. My dad asked about a few people in my life. It's my ex and it's Spencer, my best friend. Ooh. Well, if I'm going to say Ooh. Spencer, I might as well say Ooh. Jay, <laughs> my ex and Spencer. Yeah. Well, you know, I'm going to just sit my wine on that one because I'm not going to speak nothing, but you never know. What do you mean? I don't know. But you never know. Mm. Amen? Amen. Yes. Look at you. Ooh, I am tickled. Or I see. I am tickled. Tickle pink. pink. <laughs> <laughs> you are, because you. <laughs> Ooh, help me, Holy so, Ghost. So, yeah, please. <laughs> um, yes. What's been going on with you? How was your week? My week has been pretty good. Um, so I celebrated my mom's birthday this past week. And I think it was like so cute. So, happy birthday, mom. Happy birthday, mommy. Um, so I cooked for her, but she didn't even eat none of it because um, my dad surprised her with like a full day of festivities wow. um, and like took her out to dinner. And like it was oh. so weird. So um, it's I in summer, that. right? So everybody's back at the house. So it's like. Me, my sibling, um, my parents. And so me and my sibling are watching, like, my parents get ready for this, like, 
outing and this day of festivities and it's like they were like two high school students just like preparing for their first date and it was just so cute and I could really wow. just like feel the love in that space um, and my mom had a great birthday she's that's awesome that they had, had that moment yeah and like it really kind of just modeled you know we talked about dads previously and we talked about our experiences with parents and sometimes I feel like with the stories we share it's very like low note heavy and I don't want people to ever think that we just lived in these spaces of just like low periods because my house was definitely a house of love and this past mm. week really exemplified that and mm -hmm. it really showed me the type of love that like I'm looking for so we talked also about relationships and I think if I could ever have a relationship that my parents have I will be a lucky individual and see this is like a twist off of the conversation we had about parents mm -hmm. and our relationship with them yeah. and how our relationship with them has implications on our relationship with other people Absolutely. and I can, the, the yeah. phrase it starts at home yeah that's, it does that's if I real. can find somebody to love me the way my parents love me I'll be great but if I can find somebody to love me the way my parents love each other right you will not I, hear people isn't that our first experience right yeah. growing up that's the first relationship mm -hmm. that we are literally a part of and that we see and we witness on a absolutely. consistent and daily basis absolutely. right the good the bad all of that because as much as parents like to try to hide their shit oh, yeah, from the kids especially once you get to a certain age mm -hmm. you just know that shit is going on but the fact that you can see the highs and lows and just see your parents relationship as a whole it really just it makes you look at relationships with a different set of eyes and it, mm -hmm. it really just helps how, and fuels you wanting and yearning for something just as healthy and just as balanced so That's what's up. um happy birthday to my mom that said um, well not even that said because i'm not really switching gears in my mood at all but i have so much going on right now i have two weeks to literally be a factory and bust out different projects by certain deadlines um because i have something coming Come on, up factory where you at you in detroit or where your factory is? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> no, if, you, like, if you could be a factory, where would you be? In Atlanta. <laughs> <laughs> and I was we'll, we'll get to that. DVD. We'll get to that. <laughs> we'll, we'll get to it. Um, no, but I have so many deadlines right now, and I'm gonna share something next week. Um, but basically, I'm just trying to get a lot. Okay, of come on, done. build up suspense. And yeah. <laughs> I love when it's built up. <laughs> it's like what's what lies beneath. Yeah, I'm loving no, this. No, 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 because no, I don't do those ghost movies. It was a very suspenseful movie. Uh, that's a horror film. That's a demonic film. Ghost? No, that shit is real. Spirits when you are out real. here living your life, killing folk, raping folk, and doing shit that you're not supposed to be doing, they coming back like for your Beloved. ass. Did y'all watch Beloved? Yes. No, see, I couldn't even take that. I saw the cover of Beloved and I was like, this is not for me. <laughs> <laughs> this is not. That this movie, movie was, was not made crazy. for me. Mm -mm. But. Got a lot of things to do, whatever. Last but one thing, of the classics, right? It's on the list of the classics, right? I guess, but okay. it'll classically not be watched by this one. <laughs> you will not have that DVD in, in your this house. house, okay? <laughs> you want to watch Beloved? Go next door. Right. <laughs> yeah. Now you're telling my mom. She didn't play those games. I don't play with that. Yeah. I am a comedy and rom-com individual. Okay. Anything with the horror. Like, I can do a little suspense. I, oh, my God. Bitch, you ever saw Orphan? Orphan? That with that little boy? Up. No, not little boy, the little girl from Russia. No, Orphan? Orphan. You never see Orphan where they adopted the little girl? She nearly burned down the tree house with the, the little baby. Is the past tense Orphan? Talking about it just got my back all shivering. Oh my gosh. <laughs> that's a ghost on your back. Huh? That's a ghost on your back. Don't do it. Don't. That's nasty. 
that's the demonic thing. Yeah, well, <laughs> we're sitting here. We're kind of. I'm trying to get my spiritual life together with this candle. What are you whispering? I'm a hear you. Ouija board. Don't do this. Nah, I would not do that. I would not do that. But I'll, I'm just to, talking shit. All I was saying with that is that like suspense movies, not for me. Rom com, comedy, black films, love them. Yeah. Um, third part, just really quickly to wrap up. I'm really just pray for me. I'm trying to get my spiritual life together. It's always in the back of my mind. For some reason, I don't know. I just feel so low in the spiritual realm, even though I like I try to do, um, or I try to live my life according mm-hmm. to the word I just mm-hmm. sometimes I go at like a couple months out of the year I just feel like I'm spiritually just like so dead and I think um, I was listening to this podcast and this girl was talking about her spiritual life and it was it's interesting because it was actually like a podcast about sex it's called guys we fucked um, but she was saying that she has a tendency to she'll go throughout the entire day maybe not do anything wrong but somehow will blame herself um, spiritually and be like I did something to where God does not find me favorable. And I think that's kind of what I'm going through. Like, I would literally just wake up, go to work, come back home, but somehow feel, like, a guilt and shame. Hmm. And I'm just trying to, like, process that and really be in a space where I can, like, you know, be a light to others, but also, like, feel full spiritually. Um, So, similar to how you said you're trying to get back into church and get back into things, I'm really just trying to feel centered in my spiritual walk and so okay keep me lifted i will because yeah. i'm I, I don't know i was just a, a little concerned yeah it's a thing and i think it, guilty it when you i think it shows a little day. bit i think it it, okay. it shows like in your other aspects of life like when you are feeling off spiritually yeah. it kind of just like flows into little parts oh and yeah I, I, I really have nothing to explain to it with true. but yeah. It's here. And I'm just, you know, I think you got to keep it real. Because I think a lot of people, it's just like either you're spiritually high or you're like a heathen. Right. But no, sometimes you can be somewhere <laughs> in between where it's just like, yeah. I think I am doing well. But at the same time, I feel like I am just not there spiritually. So, well, again, I applaud you. You're always being very like true with yourself Child, and, you, and you live in your that? emotion, wherever that is high or low or somewhere in between mm-hmm. and as we discussed that's i think that's healthy but i did want to ask you because you brought up black films yeah. what's your what's one of your favorites now you know what one of my favorites is i can't believe i spent 19 hours in, in labor, labor with, with you, you. <laughs> <laughs> let me I tell love you that something scene. about opens <laughs> kingdom come yeah. okay Yes, I watched that, that the other day. That is literally a film. Yeah, I have that. I, I didn't mention that, but I, I watched that the yes. other day, too. There's so many black films that are just so epic. Mm-hmm. Kingdom Come, Big Mama's House. Yeah. You think you're nickel slick, but I got your penny change. <laughs> <laughs> you are so funny. That, that just re- That kind of like genre of movies kind of re- yes. reminds me of stuff like um, Dirty Laundry. Remember mm-hmm. that? Mm-mm. Which one was that? Um, that was with... Um, same, same. Jennifer Lewis. She did Jackie's Back. Jackie's Back mm-hmm. is everything. Yeah, you can watch it on YouTube. They have a full video there. I hope I'm quoting that right. I believe uh, Jennifer Lewis is in Dirty I need Laundry. To watch, you said it was Dirty Laundry. Dirty Laundry. I need to watch that. Uh, what, what else? Uh, Friday. Uh, yes, the Friday film. Oh my gosh! Player. I Tom. am a boy. <laughs> <laughs> Dead presidents. Didn't see that one. 
Um, I feel like I'm just like losing as you name these movies. Jason's lyric. Oh, did I see Jason's lyric? Set it off. Yes. Set, oh, Cleo. I tweeted oh, that I watched name. Motives. Uh, shout out to Vivica. Oh, yeah, she retweeted she liked you. My tweet. And guess who liked it? Golden Brooks. And Golden Brooks <laughs> did too. Shout out to both of them. Yes, shout out Golden. to both of them. I was watching that movie. I've had that movie forever. A lot of people probably don't even know like what that is. The acting is. We know. But. Um, it's not horrible though. Yeah. It's not horrible. Now, and yeah, go ahead. We cannot name black films and not name this one. Holiday one? Heart. Oh, yeah. Bless yes. Bless yes. <laughs> like yes. Holiday. Holiday Heart. Yes, was. Bing Rams and Alfred Woodard. The emotions that that what movie you puts need? you through. What do you need? <sighs> oh, when she was about to give up her daughter for some crack rock. Oof. Listen. And that bike with that that whole thing when they took the bike. Oh, mm. God. I just. Holiday Heart was everything. <sighs> Well, there we are. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we have arrived. <laughs> we love a good black film. We need to have a black film night. We, oh, my God. We could literally have a whole show yeah, about black films. Yeah, Little Cornbread, Early Me. Let's Brooklyn. do it. Let's do it. Good and bad hair. <laughs> yes. Wait, what did... Who? That was uh, Spike Lee's School Days. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Yep. That whole little break scene, right? Yeah. It was like seven minutes long. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it was one of the... Most classic parts of the film, right? Yes. Wake up! The lights, the light skins against the brown skins. Isn't that how it is today? Still is. Sometimes. Sometimes. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, what are we talking about today, <laughs> Can't we all just bromance and just get along and just love on each other and be affectionate? And, and give each other hugs and tell tell each other, man, I love you, and be okay with that. And I can be okay with that. As long as you're healthy and God's blessing you, you do the right thing and be a decent person, I can handle that. Why can't we all just bromance? What's up? What's up? Sex and the perception that there is no bromance without homo feelings. Homo. So let's discuss no black men, their sexuality, specifically when it comes to bonding expressing emotions and society's perspective mm-hmm. on that right yeah let's do it okay um let's jump right on in did you did you see ray schremer on the cut um <laughs> on the cover of fader yeah it was a couple months ago right where they did like the kind of brother on brother type of picture I, I, it looks like it was actually summer of 2016 oh shit was it a year ago <laughs> let me tell you how time flies the, but the lord the is other, coming soon ezekiel elliott which we're going to talk about in a few seconds that was a couple of months ago yes 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 so uh, i can't believe it was literally over a year ago i felt like i i feel like i saw this yesterday i hear something something's playing music oh it's the um <laughs> don't eric and now it's a music because clip. i clicked the link to again review the picture so you can hear it in your ears okay. because it's coming in your feedback oh okay is it recording though <laughs> it's not recording at oh, all shit. because only you i'm can gonna sound crazy it. but it was happening can you confirm for the people that it was I happening <laughs> so they don't think no i crazy. refuse to confirm eric is kind of crazy y'all i don't know who i'm taping with <laughs> no it was happening y'all no yeah it definitely so i was on bet.com looking at the picture again and then there was a video on top yeah yeah. But no, um, I see this picture, and what I remember them—it was like a good three-ish days on Black Twitter. They were getting uh, backlash regarding this picture. Yep. What part of this picture looks gay? 
You know. And what? First of all, can we address what does gay look like? Okay. I, I, I really want to know. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Because words mean things, and so gay. If you're taking it in the context of same gender loving, how does this look? Same gender loving. Right. One of the race tremored people. I don't know their name, so forgive me. But one of them is looking straightforward. The other, and you guys have the back context that these are brothers. He's on his shoulder with his tongue sticking out. Do you not rest up against your siblings? Like, if you're watching a film or, like, if you're just chilling, like, I'm so confused. So, I think there are people who feel like we do, where it's like, what's wrong with this, Mm -hmm. right? But you have a whole lot of other people Mm -hmm. that when these kind of things happen, and we'll talk about a few more um, examples, when these things happen social media just goes crazy Mm -hmm. and it's not just black people yeah it's not just black people it's white people it's white people it's latino people it's everybody and you really get to see where people really have a problem with two black men being affectionate and emotional toward each other Mm -hmm. i think and correct me if i'm wrong it's more acceptable when white men do it oh are you kidding me? Absolutely. But you okay. know why? And this is a part of my presentation, Loki. It's because since we were brought here from this country, we have been given the label of being these brutes, being these emotionless, in essence, savage individuals and we who have no space for love. So when we mm-hmm. portray something that is opposite to this, you have no emotion, you have no Everybody ability to, to be relaxed or to yeah. be soft. You have to be hard, rugged, a breeder. You have to be this, again, savage in essence. When we contrast that and show you like, no, we're actually a very loving people, then something's wrong with us, right? And what is wrong? Gay is wrong in, in the definition of the white context or in what white people have given us as you know, the opposite of right is wrong is gay. Um, so this is why when you see a cover like this, it's not surprising that a lot of people in the community, black, straight men, Twitter niggas, whatever you want to call them, as well as um, black women, black people in general, mm-hmm. or people at large, buy into the fact that this is gay, this is wrong, this is not just a regular ass photo. Right. Yeah. Do you remember Sydney Starr? Like a hip hop... Her name sounds familiar. Who is she? Sydney Starr. She sounds super familiar. Is she okay. transgender? Yes. Okay. Yes. Yeah, she yeah. dated, well, claimed she dated Chingy back in the day. Yes, yes, yes. So, you know, she was on this podcast, Angela Yee's um, okay. lip service podcast. And I remember her, but not really like for a good reason. So you mentioned the whole Chingy thing. She just mentioned a whole bunch of rappers and was just being very messy on that show, saying that she slept with this person, that person. And I think... Was this Reese? No. Oh, okay. It was a good amount of episodes oh, okay. away. Okay. So weeks and weeks and weeks um, ago. But I think people like that take trans out of it, even black gay men who act like that and who say, you know, sleep with someone and basically try to plant seeds around saying, oh, I slept with this person. They ain't really straight. It's messy. You know, it gives the rest of us a bad name because I would never do that, as we know from previous episodes. And I don't think it's just <laughs> cool to live like that. It's not cute. I think it stuff really, cute. And that really comes back, back to you, to you mm-hmm. when you live like that. Mm-hmm. 
Well, he, Chinky accused Sydney Star. Uh, I read somewhere that he accused her of ruining his rap career. Mm-hmm. Listen, I thought. And we not that all song thought, with the little dance. That didn't ruin his rap career. <laughs> <laughs> I like it when you do that right there. Right there. Hey. <laughs> I, we all thought Chinky was suspect back in the day, at least from what I can remember, before Did this we, even happened. I don't even remember what he looks like. Or, or maybe for me, it was just wishful thinking. I don't, I don't know. Is he cute? Chingy, I, I think these up. days he's really you. You know how, especially back in the school days, you look back and you go, really? like, "I can't believe I had a crush on that person." Mr. Chingy is a little cute. Yeah, he's, he was born in I think he's much. He's older now, so he's. I think he's. He's cute. He's like a cat daddy. A cat daddy. <laughs> yeah. How old is he? Um, he's ten years older than me. He's thirty-six. Okay. okay. Well, no, he's eleven. He's thirty-seven. Okay. Okay. Chingy's a little cutie. Okay, go ahead. Well, back in fall 2015, Sydney Starr took a photo with Swali backstage and she posted it on her Instagram, Mm -hmm. pretty much giving the rap star a shout out. You know, pretty much (laughs) she was posted up, you know what I mean? And she was giving a shout out. And I don't know. I couldn't think of a word. No, go ahead. Go ahead. And I just cracked my knuckles. I'm sorry if the mic picked that up and drove some people listening crazy. Um, he got a lot of backlash mm. on social media because he alleges that he didn't know who she was, mm. but a lot of other people did. So social social media went in about you know you're gay and all the stuff that we just talked about, all the foolishness that we see on social media tra- uh, threads. Right. My question when I'm looking at this is are because, and this is just my belief, black men are triggered mm. by how they're viewed in society and what other people think about them, right? Especially women, yeah. especially their close friends, their male friends. Mm. Being thought of as less than a man, that's out of the question, yeah. right? I think that's when a lot of these quote unquote celebrities, not even celebrities, just people, they go into attack mode. They're trying to quote unquote reclaim their masculinity and their place in society. Is mm-hmm. that what's going on? Yeah. I well, so being thought of as, as less than a man, I think that's something to unpack, right? Because I think from the time that we were brought to this country um, from the motherland, we have been told that we're less than men. Like, we could not protect our women. Some of our punishments were involved rape, castration, like, you know, literally a stripping of manhood. Like, mm-hmm. we could not really protect in the way that we wanted to. So I Come think, on, give us that good history. Yes, come through. It's and we're going to talk more about that in a few seconds, actually. So I'm but glad like, you brought it up. We are always in a mode of protecting our manhood. But I think some forms of protecting that quote-unquote manhood makes us look stupid, right? So not taking or taking a picture with someone who's trans, how does that make you gay? I, I'm, I would like people, I would like somebody to give me that answer. Or makes you less... Yeah, or makes you less... I and think some the of the things of, that he said I is think the so thought problematic. Is, I think, because I'm not on that side, yeah. but I think it's a straight man, especially a hood... Mm-hmm nigga or a rapper especially would not take a picture with a transsexual or a transgender person but my thing is why okay because then you look like a bitch or you look like soft but you know what the manly thing would be doing or i don't know the manly thing 
would be to respect that trans individual as the woman that they are. You know what I mean? Because this person, Sydney, you know, has transitioned from male to female. Her identity is womanness. Her, what she embodies is female energy, yeah. right? Yet she was not assigned that from birth. If you want to be a man and uphold manly ideals, it's protecting your women, not based on whether or not they were born with a vagina, but whether based on how they identify. You know what I mean? So if he wanted to be a real man and if he wanted to protect that masculinity, he would have taken that picture and even if he got backlash, one, he would have said, how the fuck is that gay? This is not a man that I'm with. You know what I mean? Two, you need to not only respect yourself, but respect me. I'm the artist. I can take a picture with whomever I want to. I applaud you. I think that's but such that's an not e- realistic. I think <laughs> a lot of men would say. never do that. Yeah, that's real. I think that's such an evolved thought. And I applaud you for that. And I think my hope is that we do come to a day in society where we actually can recognize people for what they want to be identified as. Right. And, no, but and respect that. Especially because, like, I'm sure he has a lot of trans fans, right? Ray Shremer, they make great music. Black Beatles, right. I pop my pussy to that. You know what I mean? So they, and they have, have to know that, right? They have to know they have fans across the spectrum. How dare you say... This, how dare you degrade somebody's identity based on the backlash that you got? And also, I mean, they're young. I don't want to excuse it with their age, but what he said was fucked up. What he did was fucked up. Screw That's it. interesting. We're going to talk about that in a second, too, like age and maturity and what does that have to do with mm-hmm. um, the thought process and, and what we expect from our youth and adolescents as they grow into adults. More recently, we saw Ezekiel Elliott from the Dallas Cowboys. Shall we just give God a hand praise? Can't we? Yes. Yes. That body issue? Hallelujah. On the cover of ESPN, just wet and hairy. Yes. I was also wet. And hairy. Yes. Continue. (laughs) I just got to sit. He was. Let me tell you something about Ezekiel Elliott. Tell the people. Anytime, Full disclosure. Any place. Okay? <laughs> it could I could be anywhere. If he called my name, I'm gonna answer. He did that. He, he looks great. He looked always great. Yes. He looked and he great. He was just the right amount of like beef. Let me tell you something about my type. <laughs> Not only do I like a little beef, I like a little hairiness. Yeah. And it wasn't it was just the right amount just of hair. Just the too, right, right amount of hairiness. Like yeah. when I tell you Ezekiel Elliott. Take all of me. I just want to be the P Ryan you like. <laughs> the P Ryan you like is right here with me. You're going to pull up that partition. Listen, we're not going to use no partition. Oh, shit. Okay. You're going to give the people a motherfucking show. Okay. <laughs> you call my machine, I call yours. Okay. <laughs> Ebony and Caramel. How about that? <laughs> How about it? Of he course. looks so good. Oh, my gosh. Of course, a lot of people had a lot to say on Twitter and Facebook. Many, many people felt that it was unnecessary, especially when this magazine is, quote, unquote, geared toward men. But mm-hmm. my thing is, like, this doesn't mean that women doesn't enjoy it, so right? So do people not fucking read? Because it was literally the body issue. They show, like, every year. This but is people not don't read, new. and we've talked about this time and people time again. People don't read. Reading is fundamental. <laughs> Reading puts the fun in fundamental. <laughs> <laughs> Mm-mm, foolish. How I'm, and I'm, I'm looking at the cover of the magazine as I'm preparing for this conversation. Yes, I'm about to look at it too. 
um, as if I haven't looked at it a million times before. Yes. But I'm thinking, how does being naked, something that we all experience in our lives, and taking a picture of that equate to being less than a man or gay? See, and that's stupid. I don't. Um, I don't know. I'm is so it, confused. Is it the context of the situation? But what or is, is the it context? the perception of what he's doing? That he's wet and he's naked? Or is it the perception? And clearly we know what the perception is. Mm. Are people angry because they feel forced to see this and they don't it's have any other options? Like, Are people like dump afraid? Dump truck men trying to come for him. You said what? Men who look like dump trucks. <laughs> Shout out to Mabel. I got that from Mabel. My homie Mabel. Dump trucks are men who, you know, miss the mark when it comes to the looks. It's probably a lot of them trying to come for him. He looks great. And my thing is, I'm surprised kinda, that it's a lot of, like, gay, huh? Nothing. Is, I'm surprised that it's a lot of gay backlash on this because I thought, you know, a lot of, like, the activists would have come out and been like, he's just playing into, like, a savage, beastly role. Because right. he looks kind of like, like, I'm about to tackle. Right, he's not giving you a Shanae yes. twist and pop mm, I love it. with a hair turn and a wristband. That would be me on the body. You know, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. People were so upset. Are are people like afraid that this big green gay monster is gonna like invade their house and he can take over their minds and unlocked. destroy their children? If this is the embodiment of a big green gay and monster, and clog up their here pumps, I am. No pun intended. I offer myself as tribute. <laughs> to be invaded. <laughs> Ezekiel Elliott looks so good. I can't take it. Like, he, does. he looks great. And look, look at some of these comments. He's like, now you can add homosexual to his resume. But consider the source. Who is this? And you know, we're going to call these Twitter names out. Rob Rothschild69. He has on this daddy hat with this like uncle who works the barbecue shirt on. Consider the source. He looks nothing like Ezekiel. Lemon Gregory on Twitter also posted gay on ESPN. He could... I'm not even going to waste my time on him. And then who else do you see? What kind of gay shit is this? Um, this person is Daniel Marquina One. He doesn't even have the balls to post a profile picture of himself. So you got to really consider the source with some of these people. Right. Ezekiel <laughs> Elliott posted his fine ass with a football. And some of us out here want to be tackled. But then you have other people who look like the football or who look like the football <laughs> field. But you know what? Commenting all this bullshit. It's my belief that I'm sure people from all walks of life, high income, low income, middle income, mm -hmm. all types of beliefs, religious backgrounds, households mm -hmm. and countries and places, a lot of different people felt some type of way. They did. And it's unfortunate. It really, why? Celebrate his body. As one who just loves nudity, um, this is no secret. Last New Year's, I went to a nude resort and spent a couple days. Really? I love bodies of all types. I think this is a beautiful picture, but again, not everybody. I've like never that. done that. You never. Oh, come with me next time. No, oh, no. too much. Yeah. Okay, yeah. cool. I'm going. Okay, <laughs> so either I'll see you there or I won't. <laughs> <laughs> well, I want to introduce an article into the conversation. Yeah. Uh, David Dennis of Undefeated.com, shout out to him, wrote an article, Rap Hollywood and Sport the Black Male Affection, Friendship, and Love. I want to read a quote. From the article, it says, and he's talking about Ray Shermer. He says, the duo is a part of a generation that doesn't feel the need to perpetuate a hardness that 
so many of its predecessors maintained to hold up tough guy images. In the 80s, the most respected MCs, such as Rakim and Big Daddy Kane, projected deep, voice, deep manly voices like mine. Well, sometimes. Somebody, sometimes people say I sound like a bush queen. Boy, if you don't read this paragraph. <laughs> <laughs> projected deep manly voices. And in the 90s, credibly, as a rapper, went hand in hand with irreverent irreverent in your face hyper masculinity i'm sorry i hope that made made sense i feel like this is true especially for groups like ray shermard and migos which we can talk about if you want in a second Mm. i do think they push the standard of what rap is and claiming their right to be a part of the rap game despite how they rap or how they dress because a lot of rappers have come at them we see what we saw what happened at the bet awards with that whole incident that went viral Mm. Um, backstage with what's his name? He's on a radio show now. Oh, Joe Biden. Joe Biden. See, Biden, I'm so pissed Biden. because I told Biden. you like a couple weeks ago we were not going to mention his name. Here we go. <laughs> Joe Biden, go ahead. Biden. <laughs> How does society and fans determine what's acceptable and what is not? That's what I'm thinking about. Outside of rap, we have adorned legends like Michael Jackson and Prince and others like Andre 3000, mm-hmm. who David Dennis points out in his article. Others we don't. How does this happen? How does, how does a culture determine who's okay to push the boundaries and who's not? I don't, I'm not sure because I don't even think they push the boundaries. So. Well, I'm thinking an example like how they dress. Yeah. They get a lot of and backlash see, so from, especially why. other rappers. That's why I and even I how they rap. The, I don't want to say the way you dress doesn't matter, but I think the way you dress. But it does, and this a, talk about what masculinity is. No, no, and it what does. This code, but that's why I'm saying the, this, the way you dress can sometimes be an illusion, right? Because I read this paragraph with the duo is part of a generation that doesn't feel the need to perpetuate a hardness that so many of its predecessors maintained to own up like a tough guy image. I don't think wearing a floral print or taking a picture next to your brother is necessarily tearing down this hardness. And the reason I say that is because they can do those things, but then at the same time, look at this picture with Sydney Starr and the way that one of the members from Ray Shermard responded. Look mm-hmm. at how Quavo can wear a floral shirt at a performance, but at the same time say, I don't want no trans or no drag queens around me at all. Right. They are still perpetuating this hardness, but they see that because of the way fashion has progressed or because of the way they can wear these clothes and market themselves to you know, make more money or wear these clothes made by gay designers <laughs> to make more money, mm-hmm. they're going to do so. I, I, I don't, when it comes to masculinity, I don't know. I think they do a good job of playing the game to make sure that their pockets are fat, but at the same time to hold on to this protection of quote unquote, the code that we talked about or this Mm. protection of masculinity. I think you're hitting the nail right on the head. And this conversation is really about both sides Mm -hmm. where there's this pushback on certain things where I got to toughen up and I got to, you know, be a man and put myself out there and then there's other ways where you just like okay girl like we see you yeah and, to and what you doing 
of like how does society or how do fans determine what's acceptable, they're not gonna come for Migos for wearing a floral print shirt because that shit is hot right now. That shit, and he looked good. He, <laughs> yes, and they looked great at the yeah. Met Gala where they all were dressed in they black from head like, to toe. They were they looked amazing. Fans can say that you know fashion is fashion; it looks amazing. But can you push the envelope a little more and perform with an artist that may be openly gay? Or can that you would be really pushing the envelope, a drag right? Queen or something. I agree. You, fans won't take to that. They'll probably give you the backlash that they gave, you know, the Ray Shermard young man for posing with. So this then person. they won't. So then they won't, which is why I think, why I went back and said, you know, the Migos or whomever act accordingly. They play the game to get the most profit. Well, speaking of the game. The most success. Speaking of the game in this evil industry that we often think about called show business and the music business, my question is. I thought you were going to talk about the game with his big dick, but go ahead, go ahead. Yes. Your question is, I'm so sorry. I'm ready. (laughs) <laughs> I'm sorry for a second I actually forgot I came yes. back Because that just I'm, I wasn't expecting that um, Which we haven't seen in a while Have we he, Has he done anything it. crazy On his Instagram lately I think he's to peek back today Los Angeles confidential <laughs> We know his We know his Instagram name Such a great looking guy mm-hmm. But anyway <laughs> Speaking of the game in this thing we call show business, do you think at some point, if it became popular or a moneymaker for them to perform with a gay artist or a transgender artist for a paycheck, do you think they would do it? Yes, I think they would. Hmm. But for that to happen, I think there has to be an out gay artist to actually have enough clout to be like, you want to perform I think there has to be an out gay artist to reach Nikki status or B status. You know, well, you, yeah. Well, no one can ever reach B status, so let's make it clear. <laughs> but <laughs> I think there has to be someone to really reach like a certain level where they are like, I got the hottest niggas on my jock. Like, I need you need to perform with me. Maybe somebody featured on a DJ Khaled album or a song. Yeah. Hmm. I think if those ties ch- tides change, then you'll see a lot of like people who are now performing in a homophobic vein reach out. But until then, because there are a lot of openly gay artists, but they just haven't, they haven't even broken Rita Ora. Yeah. And no shade to Rita Ora, but let's call facts facts. Do you know any artists off the top of your head that you Absolutely. Oh my goodness. If y'all want to get into some really gay artists, um, Khalif, or sorry, his name is Khalif, but he goes by Leaf. And that is, I want to make the spelling right. Let Give me two seconds, two seconds, two seconds. <laughs> loyalty, loyalty, loyalty. <laughs> um, he goes, so L-E, number one F. He's a rapper, super dark. And not only is he super gay, but he's super dark skinned, so I stand for hey. him. Um, but he's, he has a lyric that's like, what's the T? Black, like black tea, <laughs> and then he talks about like I want to jiggle your pokeballs. Like he's wow. super fucking dope. Interesting. Um, yeah, he's a he's an American that rapper. Pokeballs. Pokeballs. Okay. Mm-hmm. Nice. Okay. Interesting. Uh, <laughs> and he also says, "What's the tea, Earl Grey?" He's. I just love him. Um, okay. There's another artist. His name is Amenike, 
And I think that's his name for real, for real, but he spells it M as in Mary, N as in Nancy, E as in eggplant, and K as in... <laughs> KKK! Oh, well, not like KKK, but like, okay, KKK! Like, you know, okay, whatever. But he's super dope. He is an out gay singer from the UK. Um, so, yeah, too off the top of my head, they're both male, they're both black, they're both very gay, and I love them. And let me tell you, MNK sings down, sings all the way down. Well, thank you for that, P. Ryan. You're welcome. And it's not even the music segment. <laughs> Look at me. <laughs> Um, just to move the conversation along, I just want to say, when it comes to these young men that we're talking about, I do think about their age. And mm-hmm. and I guess my question is, what does it say about their mental and emotional development? I feel when these situations kind of happen, I do look at the age of the person who's like making these crazy comments mm-hmm. that we hear about from time to time on social media. And I'm just thinking... 20-somethings, depending on your experience, your situation, where you come from, what your home family situation was like, your religion, what were the thoughts of the people who influenced you growing Mm -hmm. up? You may have a certain type of thought that might be offensive to people or certain people. I think that it's important that we give people an opportunity to develop, especially as we get older. That's what's supposed to happen. Yeah. It's not an excuse by any means. And I don't want it to come off that way. What's unacceptable is, is, is not acceptable. And we, we have to call it out when we see it. But I'm also just not so angry at when I just see, not just with stuff like this and homophobia, but just want to see young folks doing just silly stuff in general. Yeah. It's like, okay. I definitely think environment has something to do with it. I can't really back age, per se, because I see people like Yara Shahidi, and I see, you know, Malia Obama, even though she really hasn't said anything, per se, to make me feel like she's this pillar of advocacy, but I just stand for her. But, you know, there are young people out there who really are conscious of the way they treat people in the way they act. But I do think environment has something to do with it because maybe, you know, Yara has been raised in like a environment that nurtures tolerance or nurtures an acceptance of other people while the Ray Sherman boys maybe have not. So, yeah. And I'm going to even put a twist on that and say sometimes maybe people don't. Maybe people grow up in an environment where they're not nurtured, but Mm -hmm. it's just something in them that they seek that out at such a young age and yeah. it's kind of like a miracle absolutely um and these stories happen all the time we don't really hear about them but people who come from i don't know why but precious keeps like flashing in my mind people who come from impossible situations yeah. but find a way to get through one way or another whether that's <laughs> out of an abusive situation with their baby alive or getting into Harvard. Who's gonna love me? Right. No, what you doing? What you doing? What you doing? What <laughs> Precious was a movie. Let me you gonna put something in that frying pan? No, I'm you? hungry, Precious. Uh, you eat it. You a dummy, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> 
we gotta do that for a skit. That is a show. So, <laughs> do you remember when Amber Rose responded to Kanye on social media when he attacked, pretty much attacked her and her son, mm-hmm. and she went to Twitter and she said, "You mad? I'm not playing around with your asshole anymore." That was before we knew each other, I think. It definitely was. I think so. Yeah. I actually did a presentation called We Should All Be Fingering the Booty Ass Bitches. (laughs) So, yes, I do remember that. I did it in St. Thomas. It was great. (laughs) Do you want to briefly tell the people what this entailed? Yes, absolutely. So, I started off with the fact that, you know, social media is something that drives a lot of our culture, whether you're a millennial, whether you're not. And Amber Rose recently had come out with you know, that statement that you just made. And I was saying that it's surprise it's unfortunate that we as black man black men, excuse me, cannot enjoy anal penetration, whether it be with a thinker, a dildo, another penis, what have you. But yet there are websites upon websites, there are retreats upon retreats for white men or not even for white men, but that majority white men enjoy, attend, yeah. attend yeah. and still keep their heterosexual identity yet are getting their booty holes plowed and like enjoying that anal penetration and are getting their G-spots pen- or getting their G-spots massage and, and, and know, enjoying it. that pleasure but yet <laughs> yeah. still can you know go back to their wife and say I am still a straight man a straight man well, I don't why think can't we as black white people this have thing? this masculinity thing, do they? They don't because they okay. have literally made the rules for society for the past however many years. Unfortunate. Mm. Okay. But long story short, I remember. <laughs> <laughs> Is that it, though? There was much more to the presentation, okay. but it, it was cute. <laughs> Go ahead. It's fine. <laughs> <clears throat> well... I remember, like, when I first saw that, my first thought, I'll be honest, was, okay, Amber, was this necessary? Like, yeah, what, what the fuck? But, and this is directly to, I'm sorry, what did you say? And I was like, never be messy, because she didn't have to share that. But directly to your point um, about your presentation, mm-hmm. and the point that your presentation was proving, right, or trying to prove, or proved, <laughs> I can't decide. All three, to be honest. (laughs) (laughs) Trying, did, still trying, whatever. (laughs) All of that. All of it. Was this necessary? No. But, but, Amber took an opportunity. And in typical social media fashion, everybody went nuts. I think we all do things in the dark that we don't want to come to the light for optics. And this is exactly what happened in Kanye's situation. And I think that way of life is so fake. We prefer to live and portray a lie despite who we really are. Now, Kanye is not gay, or at least to my knowledge, I don't know him personally, but to my, I, I don't think of Kanye as being gay. But him enjoying butt play would easily be considered gay by a lot of people out in the, you know social media. We saw how they reacted to this. They went crazy. Like this, that, Her tweet literally broke the internet. But I think she was making her point with the tweet. We put so much emphasis on masculinity that a man getting butt play, like, it's, it's, it's stupid. You know what I mean? That he can't enjoy butt play and still be a straight homosexual man. Hetero. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> Sorry. Heterosexual man. Like, yes. 
I just... So here's my thing. I think I understand that confined, and I understand that he felt that maybe he could not express that he likes butt play. Can I ask you a question? Mm-hmm. How powerful would it have been if he responded like, you know what? I do like a finger in my ass, but here's why. What if he really broke shit down and was just like, oh, the male G-spot is better accessed through the anus. What if he was like, there are so many nerve endings in the anus that I love butt play. Not only do I like a finger in my ass, I like a tongue in my ass. Hey, I actually even like sometimes a metal rod in my ass because if you hit that with another metal go. rod, it sends a vibration through my body that's out Evolved of this world. Evolved thoughts. And we need to have like an episode just called Evolved Thoughts and you can just like go in. fucking thoughts. And my thing is, <laughs> He he could have lit he that was the chance that he had from like a media perspective, right? He could have literally twisted that and been like, You're this woman who's out here trying to have slut walks and trying to liberate the female body. Well, let me liberate the male body and show you how you're slut shaming us right now. This shit isn't necessarily gay, but for a male, because I don't have a vagina, it can't be penetrated that way. Penetration through the anus does this for me. Let me break it down for you and educate you some more. He could have played the shit out of Amber. He literally had the chance. And don't get me wrong, I love Amber Rose, so it's not me trying to come for her. But he he could have had the opportunity, or he had the opportunity, to get her together and to really create a space for other men of color to walk through and be like, no, Kanye's right. Ass play is fucking dope. Wow. I wonder like what type of world we'd live in today if he would have did that. Huh? <laughs> well, I said, I what would the world be like today if he actually did that? Wh- what would it be like? You know what I mean? Maybe Swan Lee wouldn't have had a problem with the performance. Or maybe Tank wouldn't have gotten crazy backlash for saying that he likes his ass ate on The Breakfast Club. Or maybe he wouldn't have backlash for performing at Gay Pride. Or maybe more men would step up to the plate and be like, actually, ass play is I'm glad he dope. did that, though, because especially as a black man and a performer I know that he knew beforehand that he was going to get backlash for being there but he did that shit anyway anyway. so shout out to him for not only securing a check but for also creating solidarity between these communities yeah Yeah. and that's being progressive and that's that's going back on kind of what you were saying about uh, Migos Ray Shermard why aren't they taking these opportunities to actually be progressive fear we talked about this before. We fear did. cripples you from doing a lot, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And maybe it isn't fear, but that's my hypothesis. Fear stopped Ray Shermer from saying, no, this trans person's actually popping. And it may, you may not reap the benefit of it immediately, but later down the road, you can be seen as a tastemaker. We talked about Jay-Z being a tastemaker last week. Kanye could have been a tastemaker in that sense. Yeah. As his wife is all about sexual liberation, busting her pussy out on every magazine. Like He could have been like... Just me and my wife on point. Seeing, seeing, I think that's a good point. Seeing the long term benefit, yeah, and the, not, than the short term, and acknowledging and the fact that that's a marketing strategy. Go, if you need marketing help, let me know. Even though I'm, I didn't major in it, and I think that's really cool where people can acknowledge that. Like, listen, shit is gonna be crazy right now. Mm-hmm. A lot of people are gonna have a lot of bad shit to say, but in the long run, this is going to do something positive absolutely and or change someone's life so we're here for that uh real quick i just wanted to mention outside of hip-hop and music michael b jordan and ryan coogler Mm. um and shout out to him 
Black Panther yes. <laughs> comes out February of next year. Yes, God. So make sure you guys buy your tickets and be ready for that. Did you see the trailer? Buy your tickets. I'm buying my ticket, my mama ticket, my daddy ticket, and my yes. sister ticket. Yes. Okay. Yes. The trailer is really awesome. Uh, Michael and Ryan posed together on Vanity Fair March last year. And Jordan was pretty much embracing Ryan with his hand on the back of his head. Yes. And this is just a, just another example of black men um, showing affection, showing emotion, expressing that toward each other and getting a ton, a ton of backlash. What's the other actor? Michael B. Jordan and who? Yeah. And Ryan Coogler. C-O-O-G-L. Because you know I'm looking at this picture because I'm jealous. I want to be embraced. It's actually a really nice picture. Oh, it's gorgeous. It's like the type of picture, I don't know. I was going to say, you would kind of have maybe blown up in like an office maybe. And framed. Yeah, and framed. Absolutely. Yeah. So. Just Mike. I liked it. People went crazy. Mm -hmm. It's gay. How? You gay. You stupid. You gay. I'm trying to figure <laughs> like, out why all these straight men, right? Are so concerned with Are gays. so concerned with dicks. Because they're gay. And dicks going in ass. Because they're probably putting Why are you thinking about eyes. it all the time? Here's, listen. I applaud Michael B. Jordan for, it's not even a being comfortable with your sexuality thing. Being comfortable with human touch. To put your hand on somebody's head. It does, why do we sexualize so many things? You know what I mean? We really do. We and I was thinking that the other day, yeah. I was out somewhere. I can't remember where it was, but um, I felt like I was just getting some negative attention. Yeah. And my thought was, why is it the first thought when people see gay people or what they believe to be a gay person? You mm -hmm. automatically thinking of me fucking. Yeah. Why? Like, there's no need to sexualize everything. We as humans, we desire touch. You know what I mean? And that doesn't have to mm -hmm. be sexual touch. That could be just a warm embrace, a hug. It shows affection. Are you literally that void of emotion? Are you that inept emotionally mm -hmm. that you feel and like a basic this. handshake, a hug, a smile is Ac something sexual? It isn't. A Course in Miracles told us that we really do deprive, deprive mm -hmm. ourselves of the love and the light and the things that we really deserve. And this is why we need to do the work. Get back to your basic self. And when I say your basic self, it's not doing some deep digging to figure out who hurt you, but it's literally open yourself up to a little human touch. Open mm. yourself up to be to feeling a warmth from somebody else that doesn't necessarily have to be sexual. That picture is not gay in any way, shape, or form. That picture, to me, speaks brotherhood, speaks camaraderie between two it black does. men, which is a beautiful thing. I thought because it was Because so often, we have been pitted against each other, whether it be black men, black women, whatever. Yeah. We literally have been pitted against each other and have been taught that to rise up, we have to tear somebody else down. These are two people that I feel have supported each other or have gotten to a place where they are just like we are in the same industry, but yet I have a love for you, you have a love for me. Let's live in that. That ain't gay. You gay. Yeah. How about that? And not using gay <laughs> in a negative term, but like, you hold the mirror up to yourself. Yeah. Okay. How I see you, I see me. Oh, yes. So going back, 
going going back to the article (laughs) with Mr. David Dennis of undefeated.com he later uh, talked about the death of Pimp C and how Bun B spoke about their relationship without any hesitation despite what a lot of people would think he said quote unquote and I loved him and he loved me and we were never ashamed to say it and I know we were in an era of pause no hope he started to say homo and then he stopped and all that and that's fine and dandy but if you really love your homie don't feel like you can't tell him you love him why do you have to say no homo he stopped himself why do you, unless you literally he realized, feel like you want to touch your homeboy's dick why do you have to preface I think he just realized, okay, I don't want to contradict myself. Mm-hmm. I actually want to be positive right now yeah. and actually show people that, yeah, it's okay to tell your quote-unquote homie it that is. you love him. Let me tell you, my homie. Right. Bitch, we homies. We have the receipts in our phone. How many times We just I'm don't just have like, to go to college. We not dropping beats and rapping or on the block singing, slinging drugs, like, but it doesn't really matter what you're doing, yeah. right? You, if you got love for your homie, you got love for your homie. But not even going to college because I have a lot of like black men in my life who you know may not have the education Absolutely. that I have amassed. But like, if you look at our season, they, these are straight men. It's just like, hey, bro, I actually you know love you. Just checking in on you. Hope you're doing well. I want to lift you up. The black men I have around me, I don't want to see them just being there. And I'm like, okay. We can hang out and that's cool. Pound, dap, do whatever. I really want you to know that I care for you. And if you are ever in need of something, I don't want you to ever hesitate to ask me based on this masculinity thing. So me saying I love you, me, you know, giving you a strong ass affirming hug. I don't want to fucking bone you. But at the same time, what I want to do is reassure you that... You may be hard and strong in every other facet of your life, but when you get to here, break down those walls. You can be yourself. It's okay. Can I share? You know what I mean? Can I share a personal experience? You can frat actually. Share your thing. Um, I remember I was at an event and I went to greet a brother, and he kind of like jumped back and looked at me and was like, "What?" And I just looked at him, and I was just like, I was just saying good morning. He was gay. He was so jumpy, and like, and it just, I don't know. As you were saying, what you were saying, I'm thinking, okay, so like, that's great, but straight men, you know, Mm -hmm. or or men who don't have a lot of experience with gay men Mm -hmm. or being around gay people. Automatically. How, you know, how do we kind of prepare them to receive that kind of love from us without thinking I'm actually I'm trying to suck your dick because this this guy like jumped back and kind of looked at me as if I I think he I really think he thought I said something sexual to him mm-hmm. <laughs> and, that wasn't the case. and really that had nothing to do again it had more to do with him than me sure. whatever he came in there with mm-hmm. that's what he saw I joke and say that he was gay but I'm kind of quite serious so I think when men react like that, either they do have some homoerotic feelings that they haven't fessed up to, or they have been violated in a way, and they've never had a chance to really process those feelings. Mm. And 
again, I just go back to the fact that I have a good amount of straight men in my life. One of my closest friends, um, you can call him a brother. This is my little bro. You know what I mean? He is as straight as they come. Like, sometimes he is just a little too straight for my life. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? He's everything to me. But he, at the same time, he is everything to me. You know what I mean? And we have gone through things where, like, we will literally sit down and I will help him process his emotions or he will just be a listening ear and help me process my emotions. And I completely miss him right now because he's actually in another country. But, like... When I have these experiences with straight men who are secure in their, sh- their straightness, mm-hmm. when I see reactions from other men who are allegedly straight, I'm just like, something has happened in your sexual trajectory that you, again, as you said, it has nothing to do with me, it's all you. So I wonder what that thing is. So I don't know. I think him receiving you in that way, I really do feel like either he was dealing with some feelings or he might have been violated in a way that he still hasn't had the chance to process. And so he's now projected that on everyone in which he feels might be that same perpetuator of that violation. And we know the stats are out there that a lot of men have been sexually violated mm-hmm. that haven't had a chance to speak their piece. Homo and hetero alike. Um in some but, way, shape, or form. And that could be an episode. Man, that just really made me miss my two friends, Justin and John. Hey, JJ. I really miss those two guys. Totally straight. Totally secure. Mm-hmm. They were my best friends back home in Maryland. Yes. You know, Maryland has some good quality straight men. So every, every <laughs> gay nigga needs like a few straight guys to just really hold them down. Let me tell you something. These two guys... And to this day, I haven't spoken to John. I think John moved to the West Coast many years ago. But Justin, every once in a blue moon, I speak to him. And these guys had my back. Like, no, you know, I really didn't have my, my brothers growing up. So I never had that kind of protection. I never really yeah. felt that from an older, older brother. I, you know, I had an older brother, but we weren't raised together. But these two guys made me feel that way. Yeah. And we would go out. We did so much. They took me anywhere with them. They didn't, they just didn't care. Yeah, and, and I could be myself. Not to have you in their presence. And I could totally be myself. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and we laughed about it and we enjoyed it and we cried about it and we shared. And yeah. I really, too, I really missed those guys. It, it's a great experience to have someone who really just has no hangups about you and really just enjoys you as a person. Yeah. Ugh, Eric, I'm crying. (laughs) It's perfect. Yes. I have a few questions and I hope we're not running too late. We had a full episode. Just right. (laughs) Go ahead. (laughs) David, and we'll be quick um, so we can close this conversation out. Uh, David Dennis. Sorry? <laughs> to our episode. Right, it is. But it's a great, this has been a it's great, a great conversation. Combo, yeah, and I really hope you guys are enjoying it. Yeah. David Dennis presents us with a thought-provoking question. He says, when did sexual orientation become the end-all, be-all to masculinity? I don't know. Because let me tell you, there are a lot of straight niggas in the world who I don't know where they got their, ident- their definition of masculinity from, mm-hmm. but they don't take care of their kids. Mm. They don't pay their bills. <laughs> they are womanizers. Mm-hmm. 
How is that manhood? It's like if y'all living by the code, the code is fucked up mm-hmm. because y'all a mess. Not all of them. Not everybody. We know we know this. We're not speaking generally about everyone. Sure. But we know it's a lot of fuckboys out there. A lot. And those are the More ones we're talking about. <laughs> so to close this conversation now, I just want to say that I appreciate David being transparent and vulnerable in this article. Yes. He knows yeah, what is right and wrong, and he admits his actions do not always align with his beliefs. Mm-hmm. I think this is true for a lot of us. I think that's just human yeah. to, a, to an extent. David says, I love these men, but I'm, and he's talking about his friends, yeah. but I'm more comfortable typing these words on a Google Drive file for an article I know complete strangers will read than I am texting it to friends I've known all my life. When I see them, I give them a pound, a half hug, and I tell them to take care when we part ways. I do that with a lot of my male friends. Um, So that's very familiar. I'm sure it is for a lot of us. He goes on to say, but I never tell them I love them. I should. I know this. I've known this since Bun B told me. Part of me is afraid of what they'll say in response, but I can't really explain what's holding me back. So again, I, I appreciate David for being honest that again you know he's working or he's not where he should wants to be but he knows where he's going and that's what's important as black men and we touched on this earlier i think we need to stop denying ourselves the love and affection we deserve and require to survive i think these these good habits these positive self-care habits are passed down through generations and could really spark a movement eventually it's interesting because I think that men do depend on each other for emotional support in many ways. Mm-hmm. We just don't acknowledge that. We don't want to or we don't know how to. Maybe it's a combination of the two. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. So. John, me neither, but I like the way that sounds. Well. We, we need it. We do. We need a little more love. Yeah. Where's the love? Put a little love in your heart. <laughs> yeah. Hey! Hallelujah. <laughs> thank you. Yes, thank you. That was a great Eric. conversation. That was cute. You were like, with these subjects. I think we're going to have a part two, three, four, five. Yes. As Maybe one with Ezekiel Elliott. Where are you? Go ahead and put that thank on out you. there. That would be great. Yes. And just have him go ahead and comment. We, yeah. we, we hear it from the horse's mouth. Say pun intended that, or that. no pun. Right. No. Not nothing. What are you saying? <laughs> See, this is the part in the thing where I'm just, I don't know who Eric is. <laughs> he just be out here with Mr. Bumbles. I don't know what you saying. So let's get into our hung pop. <laughs> what you got for us this week, P. So you Ryan? Wait, you don't. Yeah. Eric, did you just. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, Eric. I just went ahead and did yes, it before it you could even start It took us eight episodes, but Eric just gave us a. Yeah. Okay. Do it. Okay. <laughs> so first things first, I would just like to say. Get away say, from me with this. Apollo, move away from me with this. Um, I was gonna. I would just like to say first and foremost, I told. I said I was gonna touch on this earlier in the show, but Atlanta. <laughs> first and foremost, shout out to Spencer, the boo, friend of the show. Your best friend, oh, Eric. Okay. I'm like the boo. For sharing with me, he sent in my DMs. He was just like, this is what Eric has been talking about the entire time. 
And it was a clip of Michelle Williams saying, Atlanta. You're awesome for knowing exactly what I was talking about. No, but you he doesn't awesome. know. He sent it, but he doesn't know when he sent it, right? Because I was at work. You know, work, okay. I was kind of just doing my thing, but at the same time, I like was just feeling low because all of this shit was going on. And I was just trying to stay on top of everything. I, I'm mad at you because you were just hype on this whole Atlanta thing. <laughs> but but you didn't more. tell me that Michelle Williams <laughs> sang one of my favorite songs, Do You Know? Do you so know? So let me tell you something about Michelle Williams. She is a gospel artiste, okay? <laughs> he has the power to change your How long she held it. Thank she held you, that Atlanta. song for a minute. Thank you, Atlanta. Michelle sang on that. She like did. She did. that that Straight tour up. No, she was did. literally one of her best tours. Well, that was probably her only best. Which tour, tour was it? That was I don't know. It was like the Destiny Fulfilled. Remember Kelly came out her? first. Mm-hmm. Then Michelle, I think that's then how Beyonce it went. Just gave us and then Beyonce like, came out with the with the jungle. Yes. Oh, like get up with the stairs. But that was also where Michelle sang. Hey! (laughs) No, but you didn't tell me that she sang Do You Know? And like, she tore that song up with the little dress that had the thing on her finger. She sang. She she really did that. And so, that is a part of our hung pop because I had to just acknowledge Michelle. Also, (laughs) let me tell you, the Bible says, okay, let me just minister to somebody because I feel like somebody needs to receive this. If not, I need to receive it. It might be me. The Bible says, wait on the Lord and be of good courage. And he will what? Strengthen thine heart. Michelle Williams this past week posted a picture of her and this fine young man. And if y'all see this man, y'all know my type. And so please, if y'all have any friends who look like that, just send him my way. But this fine young man who is not only she's claiming, but who is claiming her. She looks like she's filling out a little bit. You know, she's a thin girl, but she looks thick in this little leopard skirt. They were on a yacht, and not a yacht, a yacht, because it looked bad. Okay? She, she's what? She now has a new boyfriend. She's living her life. Everybody used to come from Michelle with that hashtag, poor Michelle, saying she don't got no baby. She don't got no man. They gave her the smallest drum in the group. They gave her the shoe that broke. That's why she fell at the BT. <laughs> but listen, her check is not poor, and neither is her man. And, you know, we just got to wait on the Lord. He will give you what you need. And she really shines on stage she- with theater. Um, yes, I have to give Michelle some, and even some, with singing performance because on the yeah. Stellar Awards when she sang "Say Yes," even with Beyonce and Kelly, she ministered to me. I want to go to one of her her yeah. gospel concerts. Yeah, she really does. Shout out to Michelle. Just wait on the Lord, and He will and be of good courage, y'all. Be of good courage. He's gonna strengthen that heart and send you a man who is what you want. Um, let's see what else is in hung pop. I don't know how I should go with this. So we have the reunion of Real Housewives of Potomac um, first week. Eric, did you watch? I did see the reunion. Oh, Isn't it two feel? parts? It's two parts. So part two is next week. They only gave them two. Yeah. Does that say something? That's all they deserve. Because of this first, so Real Housewives of Potomac. Because we know it could be knows. six. Huh? Because we know it could be six parts. Or four. Lasting you the whole month just to show you that Phaedra ain't nothing. 
And then, and then the next episode after that will be a behind the scenes. A behind the scenes, giving you five weeks. How dare you, Andy? But we know that Real Housewives of Potomac did not even get three weeks because they're the weaker of the Housewives franchise. But at the same time, all of them, out of all of them, the white and the black. But there's enough trash that you can spread it out over two. (laughs) So Andy knows what he's doing. Okay. So let's just get right into it. Monique, she wore an American Indian outfit to uh, Indian Indian event. <laughs> um, she was just trying to put a twist on it. But you know, I love Monique. That's She's what they cover. say. She's Do you think that's true? What she needs. Huh? You think that's true? What? That she was really just trying to put a spin on it and be funny, or do you think she showed up? No, I, just, she, I think she looked the plum fool. And she, she looked tried crazy. To, she tried to play, but she looked cute in that little Native American outfit. Do you? Some people could be offended by that. What do you say? I think if we're going to always come up for black appropriation, we have to talk about appropriation in other ways, and that is appropriation. Mm-hmm. Simple as that. You got to be accountable. I think that was the point. Up. Yeah, the husband was trying to make. But he was like, "We're black. Like, why do you want to have yeah. an Indian party?" But then also, yeah. So that was the thing too. I thought you were talking strictly with Monique. But at well, that large, too. why My are you bad. wearing saris and things? And there's, you know, the only Indian people that you invited to this event were the people dancing for you. That's appropriation. Sorry, Karen. Now, also, let's talk about why Karen, little as quiet as his cat, her house, she got in foreclosure. Okay? So, you know. It's a mansion. If you, okay, but you still got a mansion in foreclosures. But if your husband is a black Bill Gates girl. Wait, which one is Karen again? Karen is the one with the mall. Oh, that moved to Virginia. That moved to Virginia, so I don't know how she's going to be on house. Great Falls. Because she live in Great Falls. Is there going to be a spin-off house of Great Falls? That house was humongous. I was trying to figure out why did they move from the Potomac. Okay, but it was humongous and empty. Huh? It was humongous and empty. Bitch, it was humongous and empty. You heard what I said? <laughs> it didn't have not one piece of furniture. The furniture they had was for the party. So my thing is, that was don't, like let me Chateau tell you, the Chiray. Bible also says, we well, talked about Michelle. That, remember Chateau Chiray, she had that plastic table set up out front. She didn't want nobody in her house because it was too hot. Type of finished basement. But you know, a lot of us get houses without finished basements, so I'm not even going to come for that. But anyway, in Housewives of Potomac, she had a full house, not one piece of furniture. The only furniture that was there was the furniture for the party. So I don't know how they're living now, and I'm not going to count their coins because I do not have their investments and their money on lock. But I will say this, girl, first of all, you're not the grand dom of Potomac because, girl, you don't live in Potomac. How are you going to be on the show and you don't live in, well, Robin was on the show and she definitely lived by University of Maryland. <laughs> girl, I don't know. I'm confused, okay? This, all of them just in got me all confused. lovely town home. But what I live for, Giselle is a mess and... I hope I'd never have man problems like her. But I live for some the real with the long hair and the light eyes. Yes. Oh, and she's I didn't know that. Hampton but I'm you, not surprised. She is definitely in the organization. So is Robin. Um Oh yeah, from I found University out about that. Maryland. But you know, Robin, we the mother I gagged when I found I was like she's not black. And they, people were like, No, she's black. No, she's very black. I was like uh, Robin is very black. But you know, we just have the church mothers are praying for her. Because I want her, I want her to have those loose chains. The chains that are bound her to want, they need to be loose. Okay. That's a fine. Ashley, specimen. she's also a Terp. Go Terps! And this shows. Let me tell you, there are so many Terps in reality TV. I have to get on reality TV. Jennifer Williams from Basketball Wives, Robin and Ashley from Housewives of Potomac. 
Patrick from the Hung Up Podcast. Why not? It <laughs> there flows. you go. It flows. It's great. <laughs> Let's move on. They're cute. Can't wait to see season two. Um, I mean, uh, episode two of the reunion. I'll be live tweeting. Follow us on Hung Up Pod. But I'll be live tweeting from IMP Ryan, and Eric will be tweeting from E Dante Call Cole. There you go. Yes. Uh, excuse me. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh my gosh, this what, what you drink? Cabernet Sauvignon. <laughs> Yeah, that's what we drink. It is. And you know I had a little tequila with the lime juice. Oh, that'll yeah. bless you. That's a cute summer drink because we're in summer. Tequila and some lime juice. And it make you feel good. It makes you feel great. It does. All I need is eat a Ezekiel. I would say like three shots. And see, when I go to the bar, I always... Is that I how always, much I had in my cup? You had... I think you had three different... Yeah, so it, it was three shots. Yes. When I go to the bar, I always order it chilled. And it's uh-huh. amazing. I, I, love, I, love, I love it. I love it. Um, okay, other hung up pop. We're just going to go quickly because I'm not trying to elongate this shit. So Emmy nominees <clears throat> in 2017. We just want to shout out Black Excellence real quick. So um, Outstanding Drama Series. Anything black? Black, black, black. Um, no. So Outstanding Comedy Series. Oh, Blackish. Love you. ABC. Shout out to Blackish. Atlanta on FX. Absolutely hilarious. That's great. I'm going to mention Master of None, Aziz Ansari, People of Color. That's shout nice. out to you. But then also Angela Bassett was on it. So shout out to her, okay? Mm-hmm. Who invented acting. Um, let's see. Uh, outstanding lead actress in a drama series, Viola Davis, How to Get Away with Murder. Always. Uh, outstanding lead actor. Let's see. Mm, nothing worth mention. An outstanding lead actress in a comedy series, Tracy Ellis Ross. We love you. Always Joan Clayton in my book. Um, Cinco de Mayo is holiday time in Mexico. Always. Oh, yes. Never forget. And let's see. Outstanding Qu- lead actress. Question. Did um, Viola Davis, didn't she win an Emmy last year? She did. Oh, and she and that, that acceptance speech. speech. Oh, oh, my God. Say so. It was amazing. Say so. And she talked, and, and one of the things that I will never forget from that acceptance speech is when she talked about raising the stories up from the people who have now passed. And at first, you can kind of like feel it and hear it in the audience. People were like, whoa, what? Mm-hmm. But she explained it. Like, these are the stories that I love to tell the story of love lost, about uh, dreams that were accomplished, weren't accomplished. I think it's just beautiful. Yeah. I, I really, and if I could ever have the pleasure and opportunity to be an actor, that's kind of, that's really how I would want to see myself. Absolutely. Tell these stories of people who are not here anymore. When she quoted Harriet Tubman, she's like, I see a field of green. Yes. And I see all of these white women. Didn't she look? I said, girl, I see them too. Yeah, she I was see just... Oh, she's everything. But last but not least, mm-hmm. you know I'm I'm about to stand right now. Outstanding supporting actor in a comedy series. I think they made a typo because this should be outstanding actor in a series about his own show. Titus Burgess in Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt, aka yes. Titus Burgess in the Titus Show. He should have his own show. The show that should show be is him. his show. Right, it should be. That yeah, is, yeah. Like honestly, I know there's like a whole thing with like changing titles, but Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt was probably about Kimmy in the first season. But now that we have moved on, this is she out the whole now. Titus Burgess and Friends. Yeah. Okay. She out or the Titus Andromeda and Friends. Yes. 
Like he makes the show. He's amazing. His love storyline with um, Michael. <laughs> I'm playing with you, Michael. <laughs> like literally, <laughs> uh, I love Titus, and I love need it. Titus in my life. Love it. I need. Him. I love it. You remember who I told told you he looked like, right? You know, that's a damn lie. And so I'm just not even going to entertain that shit. Okay. Because <laughs> you are no good. Okay. And um, do we have anything else for the hung pop? I think that's it. I feel like this is getting super fucking. Oh, wait, no, this is not it. Bitch, I didn't even get into the meat and gravy of this hung up pop or this hung pop. Alright, so first of all, Rob Kardashian apologizes for slut-shaming Black China, and then he says that he should have listened to his family. Long and short end of this is, fuck Rob Kardashian, China, get your money, girl. Second thing, um, or whatever number we are in this thing, Black Panther pictures have been released. So, Black Panther the movie? Yeah. Have you seen them? I've only seen the trailer. I've not seen the pictures. Oh my goodness. Maybe I can turn this around so you can see what I'm I'm showing you. Okay. First of all, let's just look. Okay, so Michael B. Okay, so wait, I did see some of these pictures. Michael B. I don't know what character you play. I don't know if you're gonna be evil or good, but you know, I am available to you. Yeah. Okay? That's all I have to say. Yeah, I think that's reasonable. Um Oh Wow. The man who plays Black Panther, I don't even know your name, sir, but Yes. Oh, Bozeman. Mr. Bozeman. Um, <laughs> Mr. Bozeman. <laughs> you listen. Okay, Chadwick Bozeman. Yes. Yes. Chad. You are a yes in my, my book. My, Angela my. Bassett. I thought you were playing Storm with this white hair. Angela Bassett. Bassett. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yes. Whatever you say, I. Whatever you say, I Angela Bassett created acting, and I don't care what you say. And she, she really looks like did. a part of my family. I'm going to see if she's a little bit Jamaican. I was just watching. Um, it's a lot of movies that I didn't mention, and, and I remember it throughout conversation. Stuff mm-hmm. makes me remember. Waiting to Excel. Motherfucker is, what she say, psychiatrist? She said, it's killers less, less anal. There comes a point when you, <laughs> you will exhale. Eric, come on and minister with me. Shoot, shoot. Shoot. Excuse shoot, me. Baby. Would you mind if I had a word with my husband? Bitch, you don't want to shoot with me? I was trying to do some movie like <laughs> No, but I absolutely love Lapitas in this. Oh, listen. They, they look amazing. These pictures look great. Yeah. Let's move quickly along. Whoopi Goldberg and DeRay McKesson. This is what we need to get into. <laughs> um, so apparently, DeRay McKesson, um, notable Black Lives Matter <coughs> activist. You know, he's actually quite short, Eric. I saw him. How tall is he? So when I was in grad school in St. Louis, I actually saw him at this club in that blue vest. So you know that blue vest is a staple for him. Um, he's he's short. Like he's, I want to say five eight. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, so you know I'm like a giant, so that's right. just short to me. Well, how tall was he? Because I'm five nine. So where did he? He was so five seven. Oh, he he was definitely like on the smaller side of things, but he's like really petite. Nice. He, he, look at Eric smiling, nice. guys, because you know Eric loves a petite little man. Um, but, <laughs> but yeah, no. So the Planet of the Apes, whatever. Um, segment of the planet War of the Planet of the Apes got released and so DeRay was just like oh they have apes in like vests so like they're trying to make fun of black people and Whoopi Goldberg aka Sister Mary Clarence cause you know ever since she got that role she never really left she was just like baby this ain't about you 
These vests, if you did your research, you would know that these vests were the same vests that they put on way back in the day. So I need you to not, okay? And she so said, she this is not about you, she said, this Ray. is not about you. <laughs> <laughs> she said, yeah, so she said, this is not about him. Now, no, D-Ray, or <laughs> D-Ray, D-Ray followed up and said, if Whoopi wants to talk, she can contact me. She said that on Twitter. And I retweeted it. And so I also said, I don't think Miss D-Ray wants anything with Sister Mary Clarence because <laughs> I saw Sister Act 1 and 2, and I know she's not about them games, okay? You know so, it. So. You know it. Hey, that's all I got to say. Bless up to you. Um, over it. What do we have in our music segment? <laughs> so, Seven Streeter dropped her new album, yes, I believe, did. on July 7th. And I had a chance to listen to it, and it was... It was. I, I think it was a pretty good album. Um, Is that all you think? I thought it was a pretty good album. Okay. That's all I. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. So I will say, I have this tendency of um, you bring up music, and I'm just like, oh, I haven't heard that. But you told me about this album, and I was just like, let me listen to it. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I want. I wish I was like on an A&R team or like a person who decides what's on your album team, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Because I will say that the first couple of ones, I was just like, okay, this is like playing into what people want to hear, kind of like that um, smoke up, listen to music type of vibe, like kind of a trap vibe. But there comes a point where um, in her album, Seven has titles old school with jeremiah and dej loaf she has a remix of faith evans soon as i get home but kind of makes it her own song um soon as i get home before i do and then been a minute with august alcina actually and then translation and peace sign with davies so tracks four through ten right and i'm just like four through ten that could have been your ep girl and you would have had me fucking sold but then I think everything else she puts in and then it's just like, it's a whole bunch of fluff. So I don't know. I, I loved her album. I think she's an amazing writer. I think she's an amazing vocalist. Um, but I would have been good off of tracks four through ten. Well, my thoughts about the album were pretty much the beginning and the end I was feeling. I felt like I kind of got lost the in the middle of the album. Damn. So the tracks that stood out to me, um, starting from the top, present situation. Uh-huh. Seven says something. Featuring the dream. She, yeah, she, she said a line in that song that really stood out to me. She says, she hurt you, so you hurt me. But without her, we wouldn't be. Mm. Okay. I was like, hmm. Yeah. Hmm. So you're a lyrics more type of guy. Oh, yeah. I, I get into the lyrics. Like, what's going on? But then I also, through another process that's separate from listening to the lyrics, I get into instrumentals and mm-hmm. sounds and, and, vocal, and, and backgrounds and things like that. Um, Anything You Want was a cool track. Um, it was really cute, yeah. She sampled Anything by SWV. I thought that was cool. She also kept it real sexy in R&B as Seven Streeter usually does in her track Peace Sign with Dave East. It was all about the peace sign. Those legs. Mm. 
You see, I'm not about to sit here and fool with you, Eric, because you spoke over my life when you first introduced Tate East. You said that there's going to be a point in time where... Go ahead, I'm listening. No, I'm not doing this with you. I'm, I just... Okay, then think, you said there's the going to be a point listen. in time where I come back to you and yeah. I'm like, Dave East is actually fine. Yeah, I know, I know. Today is not that day. Okay. Okay. But I will I'll say Davies that. is quite cute. I can live with that. He's I can cute. handle that. He, he's, <laughs> an he's a great rapper. He is. He's a talent. He's, he's great. Talent. Like, and he's such. He's a great dad. I, I love to troll his gram. Yes. I can just only imagine how challenging it was to record that song in the studio with that man. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's and I'll just yeah, leave it at that's that. Great. That's fine. <laughs> and I think so. You saying that you're more of a lyric person, I can yeah. definitely see why you like the beginning and end because okay. lyrically she was. That mm-hmm. was it. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of the middle tracks were maybe not as strong lyrically, but you could. I don't know. The vibe of the middle tracks seemed to just flow a little better than the beginning and the end. I can so, see that. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. But it was a great album overall. I think it was. And it literally got me out of just listening to her song, I Like It. Oh, I might need it. I'm glad. And my hope is each week I can say, hey, Pete Ryan, why don't you check this out? So moving right along, Fallen, amazing. That song gave me chills the first time I listened to it. And I think it was really like, the old school feel to it. It samples If It Isn't Love by New Edition. I really love that track. Very R&B, but you get that, like I said, old school feel. Great beat, and it's, it's just great. I love it. Lost in Translation is one of my top favorites of the album. She's given us good beat and arrangement that we're used to seeing uh, with Seven Streeter. She wrote this song 100%, and... I thought Lost in Translation was... I actually tweeted a lyric from Lost in Translation, and she retweeted it, and a lot of people started retweeting. I was like, this is great. Maybe I'll start getting some followers, or... Bitch, me too. Yeah. I didn't really get any, but... It was... But no, that was cool. Um, She talks about being angry with the person you're in love with. That is such a frustrating thing. That, That is really frustrating. Right? I think she needs to get out of my business. (laughs) (laughs) That's what I have to say with that. So, keeping the music segment rolling, I wanted to shout out Pandora, Aaliyah Playlist. Whenever I play the Aaliyah Playlist and people are around, they always ask me, Eric, what playlist is that on Pandora? Aaliyah. So, As you all probably know, you cannot find Aaliyah music streaming anywhere. But Aaliyah playlist on Pandora is really where I go. They play all her music and not just from the Age Ain't Nothing But A Number track, because that's the only album that we can stream. They play all her hits from all her songs. I'm sorry, all her albums and her soundtracks. So real quick, I just wanted to... I was actually curious myself, like, why can't we find Aaliyah music? So I did a little research online. Is it because of Drake? No. Okay, talk to you later. Maybe. Remember when Drake was, like, trying to sample, like, every Aaliyah thing? And trying to, like, recreate Aaliyah. And he had some some pushback. And so I think that's why her family took it all down. Well, this will kind of shed some light on it. What I was able to find online. 
albums one in a million Aaliyah and are you and singles like are you are you that somebody or not available on iTunes Amazon Spotify nothing you can't find it her uncle Barry Hankerson who's also her manager and founder of the label which I think was black something black group or it was black something Believe it or not, he has never made a public statement regarding Aaliyah's death since the day that she's died. He holds all the music and all the rights, and he always has. And he has yet to speak about releasing them. When Aaliyah died, a lot of people feel that he died too. Mm -hmm. um, they, a lot of people say that he can't even be in the room with her music playing. The label shut down when Aaliyah died, and artists like Tony Braxton and Timberland actually sued Barry for neglect. Eventually, he sold the label, and with that, only small samples of her music went. And that's why we hear it from the likes of Drake and Chris Brown, um, because that was a part of that deal when he sold the label. Barry doesn't control the rights to Age Ain't Nothing But a Number, and that's why that's the only album that we can find on Apple Music or, you know, wherever, Amazon or wherever else. Mm -hmm. So just a little background uh, for the people who didn't know what was going on. Check out the Aaliyah playlist on Pandora. They're not sponsoring our episode, but it's an amazing playlist. And I love Aaliyah. And that's literally the only place that you can go to hear her music. I read a little bit more online and it seems like Barry is off and on talking about releasing Aaliyah album. Apparently there's a ton of music that has been unreleased by Aaliyah, a ton of music tracks. One minute he says he's going to release it, the next he says he, he just doesn't do it. So I think he is still very, um, he's, he's still dealing with, Aaliyah's death must have been really just tragic for him. Yeah. So moving right along, Bryson Tiller, he announced he's going on tour. And specifically for the East Coast, Philly, he'll be here September 11th. He had three venues in Virginia, which I thought was interesting. One recently got canceled, so all the D.C. folks can check him out in Virginia on September 2nd and September 3rd. Other music, I also, I, I listened to Meek. He dropped some new music, a uh, song called Left Hollywood. You know, I really, listening to this track, I was just sitting there thinking, First of all, Meek is just kind of funny to me because I feel like he's one of those people where his voice doesn't match what he looks like. <laughs> like, when you see him, you don't imagine. I think a lot of people have accused me of that. Like, they see me, but then when I open my mouth, they're like, oh, wait, whoa, where, where did that come from? I don't know. What? <laughs> I'm like, no, I have like a syndrome mm -hmm. where I like try to match people's voices with their features before. Okay. You see them. them, and isn't it like well, kind of awkward when it doesn't I see them match? Initially, but before I hear them, <laughs> yeah, and no, I don't, I don't see that for you. I think your voice fits. It matches. Oh, thank you. I agree. Yeah, like very trap -like. <laughs> But yeah, left left Hollywood. I feel like we've heard this song before. Moving on, Emily Sande. Yeah. Am I? I hope I'm pronouncing her last name right. She dropped a new track called Babe. It's Afro house music. This is actually the first time I've really gotten into her music. I love the texture of her voice. She gave me like Kelly Rowland mixed with Shakira. I really enjoyed the song called Babe. CeeLo also dropped some new music, a song called Dark Liquor. As you all probably know, if you've been listening, <laughs> Dark Liquor is very near. 
and Dear to My Heart, Amen. as well as Red Wine. Um, but this song, this song was okay. I was waiting for Sade to jump out. Like, I was getting that kind of vibe from it. Janae Ioko also dropped a new song, Hello Ego. We love we, we love her. I, I really I, I enjoy her music. It's very low key. R and B is very soothing. She's treading over low and high notes with a dope beat in the background. Chris Brown is also on the track. I thought they sound pretty good together. It made me kind of reminisce and think about her and Big Sean being together in their album mm-hmm. Twenty Eighty Eight. That was a really great album. It was a- I would really like to see them do another album together. Yeah, just a follow-up shout-out to Emily Sunday because she, we talk about dreams, goals, actualizations, and I honestly feel that she is a an example of what it is to just pursue your dreams to the end. You know she quit med school in her fourth year. Wow. Right when she was about to get her degree. And a lot of debt, too. Mm-hmm. Because I... Well... In your fourth year of med school? I don't know how school? it works in the UK, so I'm, I'm not sure if she had debt. Because, you know... What you thought that shit was free? Little, well, you know, their education system's a little different. Oh, yeah. Okay. But her fourth year of med school, she was just like, all right, bye, girl. I got this record deal. I'm about to get, do this music. And she's <laughs> literally inspiration. So, you know... Absolutely. God's Especially willing. for being so brave and yeah. stepping out. So the Wrap the Music session up, I will say you guys, as always, check out my iDante playlist on Spotify. Recently, um, this week, I added Magnolia by Troy Ave, Bring Them Things by French Montana, Telling the Truth by Mary J. So check out the playlist, iDante, on Spotify. Yes. So we're at our Hung Up or Hang Up, Eric. So, this week, I am hung up on Nelson Ellis, who passed away at the tender age of 39. We know Nelson Ellis from recently on, I think the show's called Elementary. And then, of course, I know him, and he's my favorite, Lafayette from True Blood. Apparently, he had some issues with alcohol, and he had some health complications um, from that. So I, I was just really sad to hear about his passing. He was just one of my favorites. I tweeted that Nelson Ellis, as a black um, actor, reminded me that a little self-confidence will take you a long way. Despite what people will say, people will laugh, people will mock, people will say mean things and nasty things about you and speak against you. But as long as you just stand in your truth and be who you are, and on True Blood, he was a gay man who was a little bit of everything. You know, he gave you a little bit of sass, a little bit of, you know, he didn't have a problem showing his feminine side, but he also didn't have a, a problem showing his other side, the manly side. So shout out to him. I'm also um, hung up on Maya Campbell. Did you see that gas station video? I did. On YouTube? I saw the video of her in the barbershop or hair salon. And I was just like, pray church. Yeah. yeah. Essentially the same thing. Just I just pray, want her y'all. to be well. I, we've been I wanting her to be well to for too. a long time. Yeah. We've... Wow, it's just been a long time that but, Maya's been going through these struggles with drugs. You know there's a difference between like people who are just sitting in their mess Mm -hmm. and someone who wants to be well. And like my heart really broke watching her in that barbershop because she was just like, 
I want to send this video out to, she was sending this video to LL Cool J. And she was like, I want to send this out, but I don't want to look stupid. Or like, you know, I, it, it felt like she was calling for help, but at the same time, she just didn't know how to. And she I think was, it's very she, real yeah, for she was doing okay any for addict a long time, but it was just like, or some addicts. Yeah. It, it was interesting. Cause so, drugs can really have a hold on you. It's a stronghold. And there could be a part of you where you're like, fuck, like, mm-hmm. I want to get out of this, but... I don't know how. It's hard. You're yeah. addicted. So, real quick, I'm hanging up on AT&T. So, let me just tell you, like, two weeks ago, I walked into an AT&T store just wanting to buy a headset, mm-hmm. right? The girl, the associate, she was awesome. I see why they pay her to be there, because I walked out with a fucking iWatch... And I mean, boom, a Bluetooth boom headset, you right? Mm-hmm. So she helped me with some other stuff. I, I changed the plan on the account. And mind you, like this, I don't have AT&T. Well, I do. I have a phone with them, but my father uses it. So I don't use the account. I never need to do anything with the account. Mm-hmm. I just wanted to go in the store that day and buy some headset. I didn't really care. what I could have went in Verizon. I really didn't care. Ended up walking out with a whole bunch of other shit. Now, mind you, AT&T always asking you about this pin shit. You got to have a four-digit pin or whatever to access the account, to pay the fucking bill, to do, to breathe. You need a fucking pin, right? But that particular day when I bought my black ass in that store and only needed one simple thing and they decided that it was going to sell me all this other shit, change my, my father's plan and all this other shit, they overrode the pin. So they can make the money, right? So let's fast forward. I talked to my dad about some different things that have been going down. And I decided, I said, hey, dad, I'm going to pay the phone bill for you. So I'm going to say, I'm going, because this is the AT&T store literally down the street from my office. I'm going to go on my lunch break and I'll pay the bill. I'll walk into the store. Do you know that these motherfuckers would not let me pay the bill because I didn't know the PIN number? That's a mess. I'm like, so y'all sold me all this stuff and it was okay. Y'all overrode whatever y'all needed to override in the system to sell me all this shit and make a commission off of me. But I come back in here to pay the bill. And you can't put the pen in. And y'all not trying to help me? So long story short, um, like I said earlier, I was back home in Maryland, back home in Maryland earlier today. And I had my dad's phone, so I took care of everything. But I just want to say I'm hanging up on AT&T because y'all stupid with this PIN number. I'm the fucking owner of the account. How do I come into the store with my name, a fucking ID, and I, pro- I give you the social on the account, the date of birth, the address, the account number, everything you want to have. I prove that I am who I am, and I want to pay the bill. Yes, I am who I am. You better speak the scripture. <sighs> Stupid! Like I just hate shit like this, and I think it's really unfortunate because this is what customer service looks like today. Not just at AT and T, but anywhere. This is what customer service looks like today. And what I have also learned is that you cannot walk in any of these AT and T fucking retail stores, Sprint stores, Verizon, whatever it is you want to call it, and get any type of fucking ex- assistance unless you're spending money and they making money off of you. If you need. Straight up, just customer service. They have just everything's on the computer now. They want you to pay everything online. You know what I'm saying? They don't want you to come in the store for anything else except for you to spend money so they can make money off of you. I think it's just a fucked up way. Customer service just sucks these days. 
So fuck them. Yes, fuck you, AT and T. Bastards. <laughs> yeah, you better man. I couldn't stand that. And I went back like twice. I was just like pissed. I'm like, y'all seriously not gonna help me though? And I called AT&T Oh Mr. Cole You you go back to the store and you call us If they do anything or they won't help you Just call us and we're gonna make this happen for you Stop fucking feeding me this Bullshit ass (laughs) Fasudo customer service Cause you're not gonna do shit You're not gonna do nothing Because y'all see in the computer where I bought the shit from Y'all see who sold it to me So if you really wanted to do something You would address it Fuck y'all Well, um, I really thought about my hung up or hang up for the past couple of days. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know. Oh, excuse me, I have to yawn. Oh. Excuse me. Oh my gosh. My my oh, God. It's <laughs> 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 Sorry. I am a little sleepy. Um, but I don't think I'm either hung up or hanging up on a specific person, group, thing, or whatever. Um, I just wanted to take this time to just speak my speech. So, as black men, um, as black gay men, I think there are certain spaces that don't want and or appreciate us, right? And so, I think that's common knowledge. Uh, That said, there are these same spaces who will use our talents Um, take our money, use our time, use our labor, um, use our bodies, take our general resources, but at the end of the day, we'll never accept who we are unless you can't really, like, clock the gay tee, right? So unless you pass as masculine or as straight or as what have you. Um, That said, I've seen a lot of Excuse me. If I'm not yawning, I'm belching. (laughs) I've seen a lot of gay black men try to infiltrate these spaces from jump by being their authentic selves. And I commend that. Um, I think you should always be your true authentic self. But my question arises, what do you do if these organizations, if these spaces create rules or legislation that halts you from gaining access from the jump, you know? What do you do to kind of get into these spaces or infiltrate these spaces or become a part of these groups if the rules change and discrimination is something that's allowed? And I think for me, when I was thinking about this, it was just, again, this is not a hung up or a hanging up. But it's more of just like uh, advice to, you know, in all things, play the game if you want to create change. Um, Yeah. So (laughs) play into what people think or play into what you know that people want until you get it in and then create the change or be the change that you want to see. I understand that some people will feel like, well, rather than changing these organizations, kind of do things on your own. But I think, especially in the black community, there are historical reasons why people want to be a part of different spaces. You know, 
and to create something new. It takes away the history. So to be a part of that history, if that's something that you truly value, I think you should act accordingly to actually get in that space. And then if you see there are ways that you can even create small change, small changes over a while become big changes. Mm -hmm. And then you will see the progress that you desire. Um, I On the flip side, um, for those not necessarily on the out group, but those on the in group, I just want to take the time to list some names. And I want to say that James Baldwin, Bayard Rustin, Langston Hughes, Bishop Cleveland, hey. for those in the church, whether or not you want to admit it, mm-hmm. Daryl Coley, Rick, Little That's Richard, terrible. and Elin Harris, and That's many terrible. others. Mm-hmm. If it were not for these men, and I'm speaking to those who are not same gender loving identified, I'm speaking to the straight men, if it were not for these men and others, you really would have less material to play into this elitist, homophobic, renaissance man, this, you would have less material to set you apart from the man you deem as common. You would have less material to create this rules, or to create these rules that you uphold to block same gender loving men out. If it were not for the same gender loving men that created the material that you so much love, you would not be able to block out other same gender loving men from your organization, from your churches, from your political houses, from your social groups. And so I just say, before you give into discrimination, reflect on the history of how your organizations came to be. And this is not a read. This is not a message <clears throat> given out in anger. But the Bible tells us to admonish each other. <clears throat> Excuse me. And I think we are so quick to hang on to the cur- the coattails of respectability, to hang on to prejudices, to hang on to discriminations that we completely forget who contributed to the lives that we have now. Let's stop. Thank you for those positive words. I am P. Was Ryan. it really positive? I, don't, I think I so. Mean, hey, it was here. Thank you guys for listening. I know this was a long show. Yeah, I but it was feel it. I can feel it. And because we've been like sitting here a while, you can skip them. You can skip them all. Don't skip. Don't skip. Just but pause also and come back it. to it later. I yeah. mean, I know I do that, and I think that's actually one of the benefits about podcasts. You don't have P to listen. To it's not a live show. Well, we record it live, right? Pause. But you can pause it and come back to it and pick it up. Um, so if it's too long but thank you guys so much we i really enjoyed this conversation and i, I really hope you guys did too i thought it was too. really cute this is why i didn't mind it being so long and please i'm really interested in the feedback from both men and women from yeah. all um, backgrounds what they feel about this conversation if they had anything they want to add to it we would love to include that in the beginning of our show sure thing um, definitely want to give a shout out to the Women of the Remedy podcast for always listening and supporting us in our endeavors. Also, major shout out to another Philly podcast on the rise, the Savage podcast. They took a little hiatus, but they are back. Our homegirl Zaleika is on it. Uh, and by Zaleika, I mean Gail. <laughs> that is her Twitter name. But our homegirl Zaika. 
that yeah. I think she She knows her it. name. But our homegirl Gayla is on there and we just want to give her major love and see her kind of walk in and manifest her destiny in the podcast realm. For sure. You can find us on Instagram and Twitter at HungUpPod and you can find us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash HungUpPod. Email us and it's your questions, comments, love, hate, all of the above. We'll take a read at them um, at the hung, at HungUpPod. Excuse me, not the HungUpPod, but HungUpPod at gmail.com. You can find me, P. Ryan, on Instagram and Twitter at I am P. Ryan. I'm Eric, and you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at E. Dante Cole. Don't forget to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. I know it's a hassle, but all you have to do is go into your podcast app if you own an iPhone. Click over to feed. No, from feed, go on to reviews, and you'll see the reviews. There's a spot that says rate and review. Just tap it. Log in. Create a unique username because they will literally block you out if that username has been taken. And send us a rate or review. Also, connect with us on Google Play and SoundCloud. Thank you so much, babies. Appreciate you guys for listening. Yes. Peace.